Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 178 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron. I'm thrilled you're here today. I am talking to Jen Loudon. She's been on the show before. She is absolutely fabulous. I fangirl all over her. It's a little embarrassing. Um, But I really love the way that she inspires people to do their creative work. She's really a guru for me, really a mentor. She doesn't really know that, but uh, I kind of told her on this episode. (laughs) But she has a new book out that is wonderful, and it's called Why Bother? And um, we are always wondering in our heads as writers, why bother? We don't, like Jen says in the interview, we don't always say it in that way but it's what we're thinking a lot of the time. So um, you'll love the interview. Something that we talked about right when uh, we went off air is that if you listen to this interview and love it, like I think you will, and want to know more about why you should bother to do your writing, uh, if you buy the book and send her team the receipt, um, you do get entered to win a free retreat spot at one of her desire retreats. She puts on the best retreats. Uh, and she you'll also get a brand new five-day live online training program that launches in July. So um, the URL for that is jenniferloudon.com slash why dash bother. And I will put it in the show notes at howdoyouwrite.net. So if you love it, do that. I can highly recommend this book. Um, what's been going on around here? Well still in lockdown. I have to say I'm still loving it. I am that embarrassing person who wishes this was not happening with all of my heart. The world is falling apart. Everything is a tragedy. However, right here in my seat, things are good and I am so grateful. And I have not had a day off in 26 days. And I just realized that earlier today because I've been so happy in my work. I have been in revision heaven. I've just been living there, people. I've been talking about it, but it's been so good. And I did deliver my book to my editor yesterday, which was Wednesday. She actually sent me an email that says, you can have till Friday. I'm not going to read it, you know, to have till Friday at 5 p.m. And I was like, no, I've got it. I've got to get this off my desk. Here you go. And I gave it to her. Uh, But the book I have fallen in love with, as I always do during the revision process, um, it is fun. It is exciting. It is definitely the uh, most exciting book I've ever read. Even in revision, I was kind of flipping pages quickly because I couldn't wait to read the next part, even though I had written it and I was revising it. Like, it's exciting. I don't know. It might be too exciting. She might uh, get me my revision letter that says, you know, take a lot of the blood out, you gory crazy woman, but it's a thriller after all. And, uh, I've been having just a total ball with it. Um, so that's done. I have been working all day at trying to return emails that I just let pile up when I was on, um, revision book deadline. And I put this on Twitter, but I can just highly recommend an auto responder any time in your life. You don't have to go on vacation. You don't have to be doing anything special. Um, Any time in your life that you want to make email less of a priority, set up an autoresponder. My autoresponder simply said, 
I am not really responding to email right now. I will after April 23rd when my book is turned in. If it's urgent, respond urgent in the reply line and I will look at it. And one person did that because it was a time sensitive thing. Nobody else did. Nobody else cares. It is really not, I think it's polite when somebody sends you email and you send them an autoresponder that says, I'm kind of out of it right now. I'm not going to get back to you quickly. Um, if you have anxiety during this pandemic, set up an autoresponder that says that dealing with anxiety during this pandemic. If this is urgent, reply with a subject line urgent. Otherwise, I will get to you when I can. People who care about you are going to appreciate that. I can hear you business types who work at important companies rolling your eyes. You can't do that. I understand you can't do that. If, you, if you're struggling under the weight of email from your work, you can't do that. But if you are a sole proprietorship like I am, um, do it. Do it. Email. The killer of joy. The soul-sucking suckitude. Except, of course, when I hear from writers um, or fans or anybody like that. That makes email always, always worth it. And I have been getting some incredible email lately from people who are writing, who are struggling to get their writing done, who are getting some done. And I always, always appreciate hearing from you. It always makes my day. And I've been getting some really, really cool ones lately. So that has been fabulous. What else is going on? Oh, um, I think I mentioned it last week that uh, Rachel Says Write, where we write together two hours on Tuesday morning, two hours on Thursday afternoon. Uh, right after I record this, we're going to be doing the first Thursday afternoon writing. And honestly, it's been making me so happy all day knowing that I'm going to see people and sit in a room with them together virtually. It feels like we're together and write for two hours. Uh, if you have any interest in that, you can always go to rachelherron.com slash write and check that out. Um, but it's really fun. So there's that. My book is turned in. I'm happy. I'm healthy. My family is healthy. I hope that your family is healthy. I hope that you are getting some writing done. And if you are not, that you are giving yourself a gosh darn break. And I want to say officially, because I don't think I've said it in a long time, I'm really thankful for you all, uh, especially if you're listening to this right now. The listenership for podcasts has gone down a lot as people just don't commute anymore. Like I only ever listen to podcasts in my car. So I'm only listening to one or two a week right now because I am not listening to podcasts. I'm just, and I've also just been revising my ass off. Uh, but if you're listening right now, thank you, thank you, thank you for prioritizing this show. I hope that I give you um, what you need. And if I'm not, let me know. Tell me what you need. Ask me some questions. Um, I am going to have a mini episode coming out sometime this week on MFA programs and what kind of education you need to be a writer. So keep your eye out for that. For some reason, three people this week asked me intently what I think about MFAs, and I have some opinions to share with you. So that'll be coming out soon. But right now, I would like you to enjoy this time with Jen Loudon, who inspires me, and I hope that she inspires you to get your writing done. So I will talk to you soon. Reach out anytime. Tell me how you're doing. And Do you wonder why you're not getting your creative work done? Do you make a plan to write and then fail to follow through again? Well, my sweet friend, maybe you'd get a lot out of my Patreon. Each month I write an essay on living your creative life as a creative person. 
which is way different than living as a person who binges Netflix 20 hours a week, and I have lived both of those ways, so I know. You can get each essay and access to the whole back catalog of them for just a dollar a month, which is an amount that really, truly helps support me at this here writing desk. If you pledge at the $3 level, you'll get motivating texts from me that you can respond to. And if you pledge at the $5 a month level, you get to ask me questions about your creative life that I'll answer in the mini episodes. So basically, I'm your mini coach. Go to patreon.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L, to get these perks and more. And thank you so much. Well, I could not be more pleased to welcome back to the show today, Jennifer Loudon. Hi, Jen. Hello. It's such an exciting week to talk to you. You had a brand new book launch. Just came out. I got a little preview of this book. I think it's marvelous. Let me give you a little intro and then we're going to talk about this book, which is why I have you back on the show. Oh my gosh. Uh, Jennifer Loudon is a personal growth pioneer who helped launch the concept of self-care with her first bestseller, the Women's Comfort Book. Think about that, people. Launch the concept of self-care. Since then, she's written six additional books on well-being and whole living, including the Women's Retreat Book and the Life Organizer, with close to a million copies of her books in print in nine languages. Jennifer has spoken around the U.S., Canada, and Europe, and has appeared on hundreds of TV programs, radio shows, and podcasts, including Oprah. She teaches women's retreats and creates vibrant online communities and innovative learning experiences. She lives in Boulder County, Colorado. And the reason I just love you, Jen, is that you <laughs> are so authentic and I am a fan. Like I am one of those Thank people you. who follows you because you routinely inspire me and oh, challenge gosh. me to be a better person to take care better care of myself and to believe in myself and my own creativity. I'm so glad because you should. <laughs> well, it's, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. So I'm so thrilled that you are back. So I've got a bunch of questions for you, but first of all, I basically want to talk to you about your new book. It is called why bother. And I have to tell you that um, I was in one of your retreats one of your online retreats and um, you were talking about, I think you were revising why bother at that point. And I remember thinking, Oh my God, I can't wait till that comes out. I need that book. I would love to know what basically what why bothers about mm-hmm. and why did you write it? Yeah. I'll start with why I wrote it. I wrote, all my books in a pretty short period of time. So I wrote a book every year or two years and I really made my living almost primarily from writing, which we know is, is oh, was so amazing. Hard. I didn't know how amazing it was, but then as the book business changed and I started to teach more and develop, I developed more of a business around my books. But the real reason I did that was I didn't have another book in me. And so it's been 11 years functionally since I wrote a book. We've done new editions of books. I did a little sort of throwaway kind of project for National Geographic. It was a journal. So there's been things that I put out, but I didn't want to write another self-help book. So in that time, I wrote novels mm-hmm. that didn't work um, because I didn't really write them, not because there wasn't a lot of good stuff in them, but mm-hmm. which still remains a mystery to me. And I wrote uh, 500 pages of a memoir that failed as a memoir and was again, great stuff in it, but didn't hold together as a whole. And out of that struggle came this book. 
And out of that failed memoir in particular came that book. And then after the failed memoir, and there was other failed books in there, I did make attempts to write other self-help books. I would, I would get an idea, send it to my agent. She'd be like, that's a great idea, write a book proposal. And then I would never write the book proposal. Because there's something about the way I'm wired, which I don't particularly like, which is I have to really, I have to love it. I have to believe in it. I have to be learning about it. It has to be coming from someplace very deep in me. I could never write on assignment, for example. Um, and so after the memoir failed, I hired Jenny Nash as my book coach. She's a wonderful, wonderful person yeah, and wonderful book coach. And she coached me. She's like, okay, let's take scenes from the memoir and you'll write. She came up with the title lessons. The self-help guru had to teach herself. And I wrote a great book proposal. I said to my agent, and this, can I just say, major complaint here. So when I signed with my agent, she was, she was starting out. She was young. She's since become a super powerhouse agent. And so she took, I believe if I remember it, it was five weeks to tell me that she couldn't, she no longer represented self-help books. No. It only represented fiction now. Now, why she couldn't have told me that, let's say a week, you know, I know everybody's email boxes are full. So she said, but I'll, show, I'll give it to other agents in the agency. I'm like, well, they're going to be like, oh my God, I could have Jennifer Loudon as a client. They all turned it down. Ah. <sighs> They all turned it down. But I was like, no, who cares? I don't care. I'm going to write the book. I wrote, I worked on it for maybe another six, eight weeks. And I realized it wasn't working. And it was really a blessing that they turned it down because I was trying to force the material into Jenny's idea, which was a good idea, but it wasn't my idea. You're yeah. shaking your head. Yes. No, oh, yes. Nodding. You're nodding your head. There's <laughs> <laughs> two words mixed up. I get itch and scratch mixed up too. Um, so then out of that, Jenny was, you know, kind of like, wow, all right, great. What do we do? What would you write? And that's when this book came out of my mouth. And I think I've been trying to write it, Rachel, for maybe 15, 18 years. I found pages that I sent my first agent. I found, I found like 40 pages that I sent her that really had some of the same themes. That's so fascinating. And the thing is that when I first heard you talking about the Why Bother book, it seems like the book that should have always been out there or maybe know, the people are walking right. around this mm -hmm. idea, but you really nailed this thing that I think so many of us struggle with this idea of why bother. Um, how long did it take you after you decided to write it to write it? It doesn't seem like it took you very long. It didn't. And that's only happened to me a couple times in my life. <laughs> yeah. I think I wrote it. I mean, I'm terrible at time. I'd have to go back and look, but I want to say like maybe seven months to write it, six months. And then the, the, the first, you know, the first two drafts, then I gave it to beta readers, then I did another rewrite, and then I gave it to my editor. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So speaking of this book, what are some questions people should ask themselves if they um, want to see if they need to bother, basically? I, Do thing, I need to bother? Yeah, the thing that I really don't think I got in the book enough, or maybe it's just become more clear to me after, I, this is the part I know I didn't get in the book. You're probably not going to use the words "why bother." You're yeah. probably going to say something like, "There's no point. It's already been done. He can't change. She will never listen to me. My boss sucks. I'm not even going to show up." 
for that. Um, why I was doing a podcast earlier today, and the the author was like, "I have you in my head, Jen Loudon, as why I shouldn't bother to write self help books." And I'm like, "No, no, no, out, out, damn spot, out." <laughs> so it's gonna show up for all of us, but we're gonna language it in our own way. And so the thing that I really, it, it, just the main idea to take away is start noticing. Where are you doing it? Because you're not actually answering the question. You think you know the answer. Rachel has already written it, so there's no point for me to write it. Um, Spanx started Spanx, so there's no point for me to start my business. Please don't start a business with Spanx. <laughs> Torture. Tony did that. We are, these are not these <laughs> listeners. These listeners are writers. Yeah. Exactly. I think that, I think the no two, the two, biggest, exactly. <laughs> two biggest why bothers, though, that I hear from my students and that mm. I honestly feel in my heart, uh, you know, over and over for every single book, um, are, t are two things. I'm not good enough. Yes. And who is going to care? Yes. And those are actually amazingly positive questions to ask when you connect them to your desire and to a growth mindset. Talk to me about that. Well, okay. Because when you're asking them the way that you and I have asked them and everyone else at some point in your life, again, you think you know the answer. I'm not good enough. Well, maybe you're not good enough yet, but why couldn't you become? My friend, when I wrote my first book, Woman's Cover Book, my editor will tell you, you could call her up and she will say, Jennifer couldn't write. <laughs> I couldn't write. I couldn't spell. I'm dyslexic. I have serious learning disabilities. It didn't stop me. Right? And, and but then I had to keep learning to write. I think I finally learned to write. I've been making my living as a writer for nearly 30 years. And how much time would I have saved myself if I hadn't felt ashamed about that? Mm. Or thought that this is a fixed thing that can't change. Of course you can learn and grow, but why do you want to learn and grow? Do you want to learn and grow because you love language? Great, go for it. My friend will come over here when I'm done and we're going to sit on the front porch to socially distancing um, yeah. eight feet away. Uh, she loves language. She's an amazing natural writer. She loves language. She loves description. She writes to go into her alternative worlds. Great. That would not motivate me. That is not a desire of mine. I like to read it, but I don't want to, I'm not motivated to create that. Are you motivated to create incredible suspense? Are you motivated to, you know, what, what is your desire? And then how do you break it down where you can actually learn it and practice it? Why couldn't you? If people can learn to play tennis or golf or sing opera, you can learn to do this. And, and what, yeah. what, why should people care? Well, of course we have to ask why should people care? Yeah. But, but why do you think you know the answer is no, they won't care. That is absolute silliness it, it comes out of fear though right I mean fear is at the at the root of all of this when we think that people won't care because we're talking about it or because we can't for me I feel like everything comes down to fear and love and fear mm -hmm. is oftentimes the opposite of love and and when I'm stalling on something or when I see students mm -hmm. stalling I like to ask what portion of fear where is fear in this where is that fear sitting mm -hmm. um, and with your book I just think you've done such a good job of breaking down some of these ways to get into why bother? Why, do, why should I do this? Um, how do I do it? And if you don't mind, um, I would love you to tease a little bit of, about the six session, uh, sections. This will, uh, hopefully this will not prevent anyone from buying it. It will make them need to go buy the book, Why Bother? <laughs> yeah. But you have Leave Behind, Ease In, Settle, Desire, Become By Doing, and Be Seen. Would you say a few words about Leave Behind? What do you mean by Leave Behind? 
Okay, well, we just talked about two stories you writers have to leave behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to, and I'm not saying it's permanent or um, immediate or magical. Like, if I could do that for you, baby, I would. (laughs) But it is actually, you have to actually say, what if I didn't hold on to that so tightly? Because we we hold on to these belief stories about we're too late, I don't have the talent, nobody will care because they keep us defended. Mm-hmm. They keep us defended, just like we wanted to stay defended when something was going to eat us. It ser- serves the same process that the, in our brain, the same purpose, excuse me. So leaving behind is beginning to go, what, what about my present? Am I selling out? Am I blocking? Am I giving up on? Because I'm holding on to that, 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 that I had or that that I think I can't have or I'm not capable of. And just getting a little bit of elbow room. That's the first step. The second step is ease in. And really, it's some different tools to begin to get a connection to desire again. It's just beginning to warm up a little bit. So one of them, for example, is I matter. And I think this is a huge part of what you're talking about that we need to do as writers. Yes. And honestly, Jen, you are so, this is one of your superpowers is helping people believe I matter. So talk a little bit more about that. You know, at its core, when we decide not to think we know the answer to our false why bother questions, we're making an act of sovereignty and agency. When we believe that there's nobody's going to care, we're saying, I'm giving my, my chance to get people to care about my writing away. I'm giving it away to they, capital T, right, <laughs> wherever they are. I used to do that. I used to say, I'm not a real writer. I write self-help. I'm not, the New York Times will never review me, so I'm not a real writer. Oh, my God. Talk about giving away my agency or I matter. And then, then I don't have to actually do the work of learning to write better, of developing my ideas, of saying, here's what I think. Here's what you may not agree with me. Oh my God, what if you don't agree with me? That is why I, I honestly, I, I think I've only learned this in the last, I've only realized this in the last few years, but the reason I spent seven years not writing before I really, really, you know, after I got my degree and just couldn't write was because it was so important to me. And I was worried that the one thing that was most important to me, I would fail at. Yes. If I really tried it, I never could have verbalized that. So here, I know we're doing the steps, but I just, I want to respond to that if I can. So we'll we'll freeze at the second step there, everybody for a second. And I have really been experiencing a bit of a cluster, you know what, around this book launch because it's happening in a pandemic. And by the way, if one more person tells me it's the perfect book for a pandemic, I may have to scream because <laughs> a perfect book for a pandemic requires people to know it exists. <laughs> like, you know, it's very, very loud out there right now with the Cheeto in chief. And yeah. um, so I got really depressed and really disappointed and really frozen because I've had to cancel my book tour because all of these things that I was planning, all the media attention I thought I would get, none of it, zero, zip, nothing we were doing. Even my email list hasn't been responsive in terms of sales. I was heartbroken and pissed. And then I had to take my own advice, which is comes to your being stuck for seven years, is that caring that I have put into this book that's my desire. Nobody can take that away from me. Nobody can take away that I 
showed up over and over again for all those years until I squeezed this out of myself. Nobody can take that away from me. And if nobody reads the book in the numbers that I hope, I'll be disappointed and sad, but that doesn't change that I did the work and I showed up. And the product exists in the form that it does in this gorgeous way that is going to continue. Exactly. It's not a loaf of bread, as I say. It's, it's, it's <laughs> not really I didn't read your women's comfort book, you know, till years after, years, yeah. years after it was out. Yeah, it's still in print, that book, 1992. I still get these little royalty checks. I get like these $400 royalty checks. Yes. Every time I'm like, oh, that's so adorable. <laughs> um, so anyway, back to the steps. Okay. The, the next one is settle. settle yeah. Right? And not settle for, but settle down. I and love this. You know, we, you just can look at your life and you can, how many days can go by and you feel like I was, all I spent those days doing was being distracted, was, was, was thing, news alerts coming across my phone or my computer or somebody texting me. And when was the last time I settled and calmed my nervous system and really just let myself be the discipline of being? And there's nothing that you get out of this. It's not because, oh, and then you're going to be enlightened or enlightened, or then you're going to know what's next. But without it, you can't get your bottom. Yes. So, you know, it's almost like negative space in a painting. <laughs> oh, what a beautiful way to put it. It's not something that people notice, but it has to be there. It has to be there. Yeah. I talk a lot about meditation to everyone. Oh. And, you know, is that, is that how you get your settle on? You know, I have had an on and off meditation practice since I was very young. I've had, uh, I had a dedicated asana practice for a long time. A lot of times now, believe it or not, I do it when I'm running. Yeah, totally. Um, totally. Or I'll run up this trail, which we're not going up right now because it's too narrow and you can't get away from people. And I'll do the half, at the halfway mark there off the trail of ways is a rock that no one can see me on and I'll go and sit there. That's one of my favorite subtle places. Um, I really, really am craving that time right now. And it's even though we have a whole house, with just the two of us and the dog. It all feels like home space and workspace, you know, yeah. so I'm really, I'm really missing that. I often seem like I need to get away to, to find it. But I, but I definitely found it in meditation, yoga nidra. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I'm going to regret, I'm going to regret admitting this. But um, the other day, I was out in the backyard, picking up dog poop. Mm-hmm, and that- and I, I turned it into an asana. I'm just like, what does it feel like when I stretch my arm this way and I crouch <laughs> and I reach? The- <laughs> I love it. And it was really beautiful. It was the best time I've ever had picking. I up. can do it. I can settle dancing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. What about desire? Desire is really the core idea of the book, and the subtitle is "Discover the Desire for What's Next." And it's almost as if there needs to be a. It's it's almost a coding. You know, it's almost it's. Where our minds go is what's next. Okay, great. Tell me what's next. Tell me how I'm going to care about my writing. Tell me how I'm going to sell a lot of books. That's not what it's about. When we find ourselves in whatever flavor or intensity of why bother we're in, what we need is a relationship, a new, fresh, innocent, trusting relationship with our desire. It is not about figuring out what's next. It is about discovering the desire for what's next. So this is really the core of the book. 
What is it that you love about writing? What is it that you desire about writing? There's probably a stickiness and a heat to it and a feeling that you, like you kind of touch it and then it gets away from you. That's desire. Can you let the energy flow? Can you work through some of your fears and restrictions and stories about why it's not okay? Because we all have them, especially women, right? The judo Christian culture has told us that, hey man, we're the root of all evil. <laughs> Right. Women's desire is the root of all evil. So it is so common for women uh, that I've worked with for all these years to say, I don't want anything. I don't know what I want. It's not okay to want. It's not what I want. I mean, they won't even say that. They won't even say it's not okay to want. Oh, I don't want anything. I don't think they know it a lot of times. It's something that they Absolutely. have to learn. Absolutely. You have to learn to have a relationship with desire. Mm -hmm. And all, you can see how all these things fit together, right? And then after desires become by doing, it's not figured out, it's not make a plan, it's not a, you know, it's start to have experiments, start to expand your emotional immune system, start to see that it's safe to desire and, and taste it and, and, and take action on it in small ways. And then the last one is be seen, which is a huge one for writers, right? It's huge. Can, I believe that because we're social creatures that we cannot continue to get our bother on if we don't share it in some way. Yeah. And I believe that about writing. I believe writing needs to be shared. When people come to me and say, I'm writing for myself, I always get a little like, mm, really? <laughs> I've actually, I've never seen anybody stick to it. They say it and they believe it. You're but after, after, after it's written and revised, then comes that expansion into, some people can't get past that thought until it's revised. You're so right. Oh my gosh. I have seen so many women do, I have seen so many people do this. But I also never argue with them. I'm oh, no, no, no. no of course. Oh, it's totally fine. You want to write just for yourself. Great. But then I have this concept and when I teach writers stretch to connect. I'm like, well, just imagine that you're stretching for someone else to understand. They wouldn't actually know what your dog looks like. So you'll have to bring us in a little bit more. But it's just for you. No one else is ever going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> That's really awesome. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what is, where do you get that spark? every day to continue doing this work that you do? You know, some days I don't. Um, some days I get it from toast. <laughs> <laughs> from toast today, as a matter of fact. We're single-handedly keeping the bakery in our neighborhood in business. <laughs> we used to, like, I didn't, I'm like, okay, my rule was the day the bread came in the house, I would have a piece. Now it's like, the rule is three times a day. <laughs> Welcome, COVID-19. Um, so, you know, for me, the big issue right now is two things. I got really burned out at the end of last year. I worked really hard last year to make the money to pay for this book because you don't know it when you look at it, but it's actually self-published. Mm. With a, what my, It's called a bespoke. Uh, this oh, is yeah. Come up with it. So they act like a publisher. They act like a publisher. It's they, a hybrid model. Yeah. No, they're not a hybrid model. They're not a hybrid. Okay. No, they're really like, you pay the bills. They have a great, they get distribution. I mean, it looks exactly like a book. That's what you need is the distribution. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it looks exactly like a book. It was exactly the same process I've had with all the big five and everybody else, except I paid the bills. Mm -hmm. So that was scary. It's been a mm -hmm. shit ton of money. Um, and so I worked really hard last year to make most of that because I knew, you know, this is a gamble. This is a financial gamble I'm taking and we'll see if it pays off or not. Stay tuned. Um, so there's still some of it that I have this year, unfortunately, which is like, ah, it was all going to be fine in the pandemic. Yeah, happened. yeah. Um, so I got really burned out at the end of last year. I took a few weeks off. I thought I was better, but 
it's really hard for me to put myself out there. It's hard to be bugging people to share about the book, bugging people to have me on their podcast, you know, all of this, it's really draining. So right before the pandemic, I was getting really burned out again. So I'm having to really sink into what do I want promoting this book to look like? What are, what do I desire? What do I desire? I'm having to walk my own talk. And um, so that looks like not sitting here in front of the computer too much. It looks like not, it, it's a big unknown right now, but I'm listening really closely. I really have a very firm belief that this book matters and this book was meant to be out there. And this is the mm -hmm. book that people have been looking for. And there are many books that people are looking for, but this is the one that I have been looking for and oh, you just happened you. to write it for me. So thank, thank you. Thank you. You're much. so welcome. I'm so <laughs> glad I had you in mind. <laughs> it is available everywhere. It's called Why Bother? What's the subtitle again? I forgot again. Discover the desire for what's next. Oh, and everybody just go grab it, honestly. Mm -hmm. It is such a treat and a joy to talk to you. And I just thank want to you, thank you again for being, you know, you're, you're this like spiritual mentor that you don't know, you know, we don't know each other well. We've talked a couple of times, um, but just, I hope that you know that when you send things out, there are people like me going, oh, oh boy. Oh, oh boy. that's so, you know how important that is to tell another writer. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, no, thank you. <laughs> All right. Hang, hang in there. Have a lot more bread. That sounds wonderful. And everything to you may it fly from the shelves. Thank you. Okay. Bye, Jen. Bye, Rachel. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends. <laughs> <laughs>